every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, what's going on? 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 Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for What's Going On. Where we check in with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network. Real quick before we do that, how did I not know about this uh, this whale being blown up 50 years ago? Did you know about that, Gordon? No, did a whale get blown up? Yeah, there was a there was. <laughs> I just watched the whole news story from the time. There, it was fifty years ago in Oregon. Oh, it was Oregon. I thought it was Washington. Well, it might have been. Washington. What happened? My my uh, my mother in law was a small child and lived around that area when it happened. It was like fifty years ago today. So a, a whale washed up on the beach. Uh huh. And they didn't know what to do with it. They didn't know how so to. So they blew it up. So they decided that they were going to pack it full of dynamite and <laughs> and blow it up, thinking that the this was their rationale. Sushi for everybody. This was their rationale. They thought that uh, all of the whale bits would be incinerated in the blast, and the small particles of, of what was left would be uh, consumed by the seagulls. And boy, were they wrong, because they covered several square miles in <laughs> whale guts and blood. <laughs> And in you the, gotta be kidding! In the process, they had a crowd watching. Yeah, there was a crowd watching. They had to run for cover. <laughs> Incoming blubber. It, there was parts that like completely smashed cars yeah. into the ground. Yeah, like just it was a serious issue. Like uh, one of the best examples of a societal punching themselves in the face episode as I've ever seen. And and on top of that, the news story said that they scared away all the seagulls with the blast. <laughs> What? I mean, okay. You know I what just, we got to do there, Cletus? Get me the dynamite. I'm just thinking. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, how did that meeting go? You know? Yeah. Who had, who had the bright idea, you know, of all the different ways of getting rid of the whale, the dead whale? And you how, know, like, why did they I have, have extra... an idea. Let's get uh, 10 boxes of TNT. Oh, it was way more than that. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a lot of TNT. But I'm with you, Gordon. Imagine that that meeting. Well, let's blow it up. Great idea, Bob. Let's blow it up. Oh, want- that will be incinerated in the blast. It'll be fine. We'll use enough dynamite. It'll be good. Well, in fact, invite it- the neighborhood to come watch. If you wanted to incinerate it, why not? Like, uh, how about how about burning it or something? You know, I mean, if if you wanted to, they couldn't get- burn it. They said that they could not burn it. Why not? Science? You ever tried to burn fat? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't possible to burn it. And I don't mean to put the whale on a treadmill. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Okay, they couldn't burn it. Uh, Could they have, uh, you know, cut it up or something? Was the the news story said they didn't want to do that? Said nobody. Nobody wanted to cut it up. I can send this to Austin. It's a little long. You could burn fat. That's not much different than a candle. I don't think you could like burn the whole carcass. Yeah, true. Well, Well, I guess I don't know why. I mean. Seems like we should be I think they to made the right decision. Blow it up. Because now we have something to talk about and remember every, yeah. every year. 50 so, years ago. Do you wanna, I mean, can did, I send this to you, Austin? You can maybe trim yeah. it down and we can. you want to play it for uh, for drop of the day today? Isn't it like 18 minutes no, long? No, it's like three, but I oh, bet okay, we yeah. can get it down to like yeah, 90 yeah. seconds. So, uh, so, so Jake, uh, did the when the whale tail got blown off, did it land on the back of a sports car? <sighs> I don't know. It's a joke. It's I know. A, that's what. That's what. The, I know a what it's called. Tail on the yeah. back. Yeah. On the back of your Trans Am. I know. No. It was a it, whale of a time, Jake. I mean, so <laughs> how would you feel if you're a neighbor, uh, and and now you've got like uh, you know the guts of a of a whale on your roof? And I bet it really smelled terribly, too. Yeah, drop. like those fish that were in the garbage cans no, that all right, I had to clean out. We're moving on. Uh, what what, what, kind, of, what kind of whale on. was it? Was it a humpback? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, let's get to what's going on. Let's check in with DJ and PK. They had a convo about Aaron Roderick. 
We're just sitting here talking about a BYU offense that looks like uh, somebody got really good at video games and went back and selected the <laughs> easiest setting so they could put up bizarro numbers and just blow everything away. Is that what you've done? Have you reset the level on this video game? Uh, yeah. Well, there's been some, some pretty good games this year where we're, um, you know, we're being pretty aggressive. And But it, it's been a three-year process. You know, we, we went all in. Most of the guys that are playing for us right now are in their third year in our offense, and we went all in with, with those guys, you know, in year one and kind of took our lumps and just tried to hang around and keep the games close. And then last year we, we got better, even though our record didn't show it. We knew we were getting a lot better on offense, and we could feel it, and we saw some, we saw a lot of progress. There were a couple of really disappointing losses last year, but also some wins that – were, that were good wins that showed us we were going the right way. And then we all kind of had a feeling we were going to be pretty good this year. I mean, none of us were popping off about it or anything, but we, we had a, our staff had a really good feeling that we were going to be great on offense. And um, so it's been a process and it's fun now that our players are seeing that what we've been preaching this whole time works if we all work together and do it the right way. So, you know, we've known you for a number of years. You're a guy who keeps it low-key, doesn't draw attention to yourself. But you see Zach Wilson goes on Twitter. You probably saw it. Speaking of you, silent impact on the team, his dedication scheme and passion are never talked about. Thank you for believing me and helping me evolve into the QB I've always wanted to be. And he puts a picture of you. It looks like you're at the Boise game and you're uh, after the game and you're uh, – with him and all that and as I say you don't really tout your own horn I mean I'm, I'm not saying you're John Beck here but what did that make you think and how'd you feel when you saw that <laughs> yeah I'm definitely no John Beck that's for sure <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> uh, I'm joking I love John Beck yeah, but uh, yeah that was uh, you know I didn't even hear uh, so I've kind of been avoiding social media this season as much as I can and I, heard, I didn't even hear about that until I think it was a day and a half later after he posted it. I was really humbled. That was that was uh, nice of him to say that. And that picture was, uh, I think we were the last two guys on the field after the game because um, I was actually arguing with the, uh, some of the Boise State people in the booth that the, that his uh, that that one pass was a touchdown pass. Like, hey, we, we've scored like five touchdowns on that play, and it's been a touchdown pass every time, and now you guys are counting as a rush. I argued with them after the game, just, just, uh, you know, just for him, you know, I just feel like I, I wanted to, I wanted to do that for him. And, uh, anyway, so we were, we were like the last guys on the field and I ran up to him and we had a good moment. It was, it's been, it's been fun, uh, watching him grow and watching him grow as a leader. And I'm not surprised at all about how well he's playing. I think he's been a really good player the whole time he's been here. And, um, he's just, Right now, he's just really in control, and he's got excellent play around him. That's been the biggest difference this year is the other 10 guys on the field are are all executing at a higher level than they ever have. And, and um, so it's really allowing him to show, show how good he is. So you talk about three years ago when you were taking your lumps and I think that you acknowledge that part of your success is due to continuity and experience, and so you're are, you are where you are. So at that point three years ago, was it just circumstantial, or was it a, a plan, hey, we're going to go with these guys knowing that there's going to be a payoff down the line? It was a little bit of both, but a lot of it was the plan from the beginning. I mean, Jeff Grimes, I give him credit, the first staffing we ever had, he said, let's talk about what what characteristics do, do BYU football players have that we can build on. Like, what, what are we? Who, who can we be? What can we do better than other teams? And we all agreed that we could be more reliable than other teams. Uh, we got the, the type of kids that are reliable and you can count on them and they're going to do what they're coached to do. And, uh, and then we all agreed that we could be a big uh, physical team. And that's you know, BYU teams of the past, you, know, you, you don't you, – some years you may have a great wide receiver, you might have an Austin Collie, and some years you might not. You know, some years you might have a Jamal in the backfield or a Luke Staley in the backfield, some years you might not. But BYU should always have a big physical offensive line. BYU should always have good quarterback play. And BYU should always be a group of guys that are reliable, that can execute what they're being asked to do. And so we that, – that was Grimey's – 
you know, initial first meeting we ever had. And it just so happened that that year we had some young guys that were there and needed to play, and we just we just went with them. And I think, uh, you know, we're seeing that we're seeing that payoff now. And uh, well, what's really fun about it is this still almost all of them can come back. I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of guys that are returning. They can, they can, uh, you know, this this isn't gonna slow down. I don't think anytime soon. BYU uh, coach, uh, assistant coach Aaron Roderick on with DJ and PK uh, this morning on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Uh, they covered a lot right there, Gordon. What do you think? Yeah, I remember having a conversation with Aaron last year, and he was talking about some of those same things that he reviewed with uh, DJ and PK about opening it up and not being afraid to uh, step on that accelerator. And when you've got a guy like uh, Zach Wilson who is uh, executing and uh, directing the offense the way he is on the field, then why wouldn't you? You know, It's like that game the other day against uh, Boise State. They were more conservative early on. And, and, you know, they had some success doing that with uh, Algier going for that 86-yard run right off the bat. But uh, uh, Wilson sort of took over that game in the second half and punished the Broncos, just punished them by delivering the ball all over the place, all over the place, making all the throws. And, uh, yeah, I mean, these are good times for – the offensive side of the ball for BYU. Of course, the defense limited the Broncos to 61 rushing yards, too. So those guys aren't exactly bumming right now. But uh, I like Aaron Roderick. I think he, I think he's a really smart guy, and he's a humble guy, and he's, he's a guy that you would want on your side. I, I think he's got terrific uh, knowledge and talent as, as a quarterback, as an offensive guy. This is an old joke, but he's just a tad indecisive. Do people said, even get that joke anymore? That was a long time that ago. That was a long time ago. I don't even get it. Well, remind me. Uh, he left to take a job with uh, under Sark oh, at right. Washington yeah. and then uh-huh. uh, turned around and came back. And yeah, but he had personal reasons for that. So no, I know. Kinda, yeah. We can make the joke. You don't need to seriously break it down. I remember we had him on uh, when I was doing the midday show. We had him on uh, shortly after that, and he came on and made a joke about it. He's funny about it. Yeah, he's 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 a terrific guy. I I got a lot of respect for him. Didn't he flirt with BYU at one point too? And then came back. Didn't he do it twice? He went to Washington and came back, and then he went to BYU and came back. Well, I thought that, it was reversed. I thought it was BYU first. Uh, maybe maybe it was. I can't remember what it was, but I think he did it twice, right? Well, I mean, when you got options, sometimes you got to sort through some things. Yeah, that's why I was just joking. Yeah. That's why I said this is an old joke because that was like 10 years ago. But Why are you, you know, attacking it, Aaron Roderick, but, Jake? But it, 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 it just goes jerk. to show you, though, when he was at Utah, some people were complaining about the quarterbacks and everything. Sometimes you work with what you got, and it, sometimes you're limited in how how much you can open things up. And at that time, I think uh, A-Rod was a little limited. and But uh, he that didn't change the... The whole idea behind his his uh, ability or knowledge to make it make it really make it go, and you heard his joke. You heard the way he laughed at PK's joke about John Beck. I mean, he does have a sense of humor about things. I, I just have a lot of respect, a lot of admiration for A Rod. I think he he is uh, he is a really really so- rock steady, solid football mind. I give uh, Grimes a lot of credit, too, um, for uh, being open to uh, A-Rod coming in and having influence. You know, I know the title passing game coordinator is an offensive coordinator, but you know the coaching world, Gordon. Those coaches are a paranoid bunch. And if sometimes they'll mm, not be as open to other people's opinions because they're worried about their own jobs. And Uh uh, I think it, you know, it takes a smart person to work collaboratively with uh, what could potentially be a rival. Well, I think it took Jeff some time to uh, to agree to open things up, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't overnight. And he yeah, so he has been pliable 
though not particularly uh, quick about it. Well, he might not have had the personnel. You know, there's yeah. there's yeah, something there's to too. you. Should, you heard Roderick talk about how a few years ago they really went all in with the young guys. There's something to having a group of guys play a couple of years together. You yeah, know, and develop true. together and and come up together. That uh, I think there's some strength in that. So I've had that conversation with Tanner Mangum quite a bit, who you can hear uh, with us on on Mondays when he reviews what BYU is is doing. And he he said he said that very thing, Jake. That uh, Zach Zach is really really good, and uh, Tanner recognized it immediately when he saw him play and practice for the first time. But he looks at, at the talent that uh, Zach has around him, and as much credit as we want to give Zach, for good reason. I mean, this guy's going to be making a lot of money next year. Uh, he's got he's got guys who he can work with, and you, you kind of have to have that. I think it would be really frustrating to be a quarterback and not have an offensive line, not have playmakers, and that's something that BYU has uh, had in short supply at times in recent history, but uh, to quote Inspector Clouseau, nit Let's stay with the BYU theme, but let's switch conversations. Here's Hanson Scotty talking about uh, Kalani getting an extension. I don't think BYU has been as friendly to Kalani as they could have been. Kalani has never said that to me, nor, nor would he. And, and again, I'm I hope he's not listening because I don't want to get a text, but this is my perception. I'm, this is the way I look at it, and, I, and I've, I can only give my opinion on this. My opinion is BYU has not been as friendly to Kalani as they need to be or should have been. And we talked about it. He was going into a lame duck year before they extended him to 2023. This, is, this would have been his lame duck season. Yeah. And yeah. they extended him midway through last season. Yeah. That, that is too long. That is too much delay. That's pushing it too close to the edge. I know a lot of people out there could be like, well, you had an entire year left. Well, if, if he wouldn't have won that Idaho State game, or if he wouldn't have gone on that four or five-game winning streak, they wouldn't have extended him. No. He'd have played into this year's contract. Or been fired at the end of last year. Exactly. So they waited and waited and waited. And then when they finally did it, it was like, oh, here's to 2023. And I... Don't know if it was a significant increase. My guess is it wasn't. My guess is it was probably just, uh, what are you making now? Oh, here's three more years of that. So, Well, really two more years of that because they had one year left on it, and then they added two years. So, I mean, a two-year extension isn't much. Was it only two? I thought it was three. Oh, they gave him three years? I thought it was a two-year extension. I thought it was through 2023. And I thought that he lame ducked in 2020 on his original. Okay, yeah, maybe you're right. Sorry, you might be right. That uh, that's my bad if I if I if I mess that up. E- either way, two or three. Yeah, and in in the same kind of contract level, it wasn't a here's a huge sign of confidence. Two years, you know, before this thing expires, and I know that there were some games lost and there were some moments where maybe BYU fans didn't want to see the extension maybe there were there were enough reasons to to wait and drag your feet there might have been but because you've done that I don't think you've shown the loyalty to Kalani that you probably should have and if a team comes in and they're like hey if a group of five team came in and they're like hey here's 2.2 we want to make you the highest coach in the Mac. Uh, and we're going to give you a really nice coaching pool to bring your crew. I think Kalani would I, th- I would have to imagine that Kalani would consider it. A nice jump in salary, a nice long-term commitment, being able to take care of the coaches that have shown him loyalty, and being able to go out there and, and take a nice big contract like that. No, it'd have to be a, a top into attending or competing group of five, and and it would have to be a solid power five. But I don't think BYU has done enough to force Kalani to be like, well, I'm staying here regardless. It's where I played. I'm committed to this place. I don't think that they've been good enough to him. Again, I have to – I. 
and I have to do this because I think people think, oh, well, Hans knows Kalani and he's talked to him. No, I have not. I, I've had no discussions with him on, on this. This is me looking at how BYU's handled it, putting myself in his shoes and saying, no, they didn't treat me the right way. And, yeah, I will take an offer somewhere else. Yeah. You can't lean on loyalty and, well, you played here and you're our son and this is your school. You can't lean on that in the world of coaching. There's very few, very, very, very few examples like that. Well, and it's got to go both ways, too. Like, if you really want me here, then then you you need to show me. Yeah, A three-year? Or if it was a two, like, I don't know. I can't remember where it's at. Even if it's a two or three-year. But make it a five-year. Make it a big extent. Look at what Utah just did with Kyle Whittingham. They extended him last year, and they extended him again this year. They just every – it feels like we're announcing a Kyle Whittingham extension every year. Yeah. Why? Because they show loyalty. They show faith. They show, they show backing. They, they want to – they want to provide that also that feeling and that aura for recruiting. Remember, recruits last year were like, well, was Kalani going to be here? Yeah. Think about how bad Tom Homo and BYU hurt BYU in recruiting because they took so long. They drugged their feet so long to sign Kalani. Kalani was having to tell recruits, I, I don't know if I'm going to be here past 2020. I don't know. All right, that was Hanson and Scotty. Um, Gordon, I, I have one part of the conversation that I, I want to add, but let me get your take on what they just said first. Uh-huh. Well, I agree with, uh, I agree with everything uh, Hans was saying about Kalani. It, it took a while, man. You know, that, that uh, four and seven year was pretty, or four and nine was pretty painful for folks uh, down there around BYU, but, uh, uh, Kalani was was evolving as a coach. You remember that conversation you and I had with him at uh, Football Media Day when he was uh, he essentially said, "Yeah, I made some mistakes. I needed to learn some lessons, and I learned them. And I'm going to implement these things." I'm putting words in his mouth, but it was something close to this. He said, "I'm going to hold my players accountable, and I'm going to." Uh, I'm going to make them dial in and and do what's necessary to make this program successful. And that's exactly what he did. Even even last year, Jake, I was getting feedback from people who are who were former players, who were close to the program, who were complaining about Kalani. Two straight seven and six years wasn't good enough for them. And they thought that there was something wrong. And this year he has benefited from a weak schedule. I'll say that. I don't know what the Cougars would be right now if they played their original schedule, but we can see from the way the players are on the field, from the way Zach Wilson is throwing the ball, from the way the receivers are catching the ball, from the way the running backs are running, from the way the defensive line is is doing its job, from the way the secondary is. I mean, this team is improving. And Kalani Stocky deserves a lot of credit. Last year, I was hearing from people saying, oh, yeah, but Kalani was supposed to be a good recruiter, and look where the recruiting rankings have him. You know? All this criticism was coming in. And I wrote a column, and you and I talked about it, that Kalani should be extended, and, uh, and he was. But there were people, there were a whole lot of doubters out there who didn't think he was tough enough, didn't think he, was, he cared enough, didn't think uh, he was disciplined enough. All of that stuff. And none of it was true. It might have been true at one point, at least some of it. But Kalani's a smart guy, and he's learned his lessons as he's gone. And he's got some pretty good assistance, too. Sorry to ramble on here, but those are my thoughts. He's not getting an extension because this is the worst possible time to have your best team. It is. It is. Because how, you know, let's not pretend like BYU enjoys parting ways with its money for college football coaches, and he's going to have no leverage. He's going to have none because nobody's firing coaches, so there's going to be no jobs open. And, he, you know, Hans is talking about, I don't know if he wants to stay. I don't think he'd have anywhere to go. And we've seen it, you know, with um, uh, other programs in the state, right? Gary has a big year, cashes in on a payday to Wisconsin. Uh, Matt Wells has a big year, cashes in on a payday to Texas Tech. Kalani's going to have a big year, and there's not going to be anywhere to cash it in. And I don't think BYU would just give him an extension for fun after how hard he had to work to get the last one. Oh, they might. 
They might. They might see the progress. Well, you and they're I are seeing. but they don't have a surplus in budget. So why no, I know that, a, but we're talking about paying him in the future. Yeah, you know, and by then maybe things will be more normalized. I'm not but, saying anything about uh, whether he deserves one or not. I just don't think he's going to yeah. get one, and it stinks because you know if you're rooting for Kalani's success personally, I'd love to see him go to a, a big time program. If uh, you know he couldn't get a raise at BYU, go see what he could do. You know, at one of those big spots like like Wells or Gary Anderson. But, but I, I believe in I believe in thinking ahead, Jake. And if 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 he has more success like this, then there he's going to get other offers from other places. They're going to come and want him. So does BYU want to lose Kalani Sataki? How much do they believe in him? Do they believe? Do they project ahead that he's going to continue to win, or do they think this is just kind of a fluke this year and uh, they're they're not going to put their faith in him? Well, uh, here, if, if they wanted to cut that off at the pass early on and not have to deal with other people wanting their head coach, then uh, take care of your business sooner rather than later. Yeah, but the problem is that unless you're Alabama, programs in college football are cyclical. He's not going to be this good again for a while. It's it, He's not going to have Zach Wilson as an upperclassman again for a while. I mean, it's it's they they got they got a good kid coming in, and they got you yeah. Know, but mean, that's that, why Matt Wells was in such a hurry to to cash in on it because he knew what was coming, and we saw it. Yeah. You know, even with Jordan Love, you you take away a bunch of pieces on that team, and they're just not going to be as good. I mean, if he would have stayed an extra year at Utah State, does he get a big time gig? Does well, he get like a Big said, Twelve gig gets, the year it gets, after? It no. gets back to how much you believe in your coach. And well, I'm talking about the and, leverage and I, from his standpoint. Well, I understand that. If I were Tom Homo and, and and if I were Kalani Sataki, I would want to do this too. I would back off on that heavy schedule because BYU isn't good enough to have a stellar record against that kind of competition. Oh, I, I don't some agree B- with that. Oh, yeah, they're not going to go 8-0, 9-0 against uh, the schedule that they had before. I don't think that's any excuse to go to an – Hear me out. I didn't say I didn't say get rid of everybody. I just said just ease off a bit so that you don't, uh, you don't end up 8-5 or 7-6 every year. And even maybe on a good year, 9-4. I mean, there are ways. To, this a lot of this stuff is perception. I mean, BYU is playing easier teams this year. They're beating lesser, inferior opponents. And look at what we're saying. Look at what we're talking about. Ranked eighth in the country. Yeah. I mean, we, I, I mean we're going on and on with this stuff. And and, and now you got Hans and others saying he deserves an, an extension. I mean, this wouldn't be happening if they were playing the normal tough schedule. I don't know about that. Uh, and I don't agree with you, the assessment to lighten up on the schedule, not at all. We can we can talk about this further. We're way over. Let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. He's here to help you with your relationships and a problem that a lot of guys are dealing with. What's going on, Andrew? Yes, that's right, Jake. A lot of guys dealing with erectile dysfunction. And I know that uh, listeners have heard us talk about this before, and maybe they've thought, well, I need that. That'd be good, but it's not something I'm interested in right now. And maybe you've seen that the problem in the bedroom gets worse and worse. Pretty typical stuff. Our treatments can work for every age group, every kind of health condition, from erectile dysfunction to Peyronie's to so many other things. This is all about function in the bedroom like normal. The acoustic wave technology that we use is an FDA-registered device, clinically shown, clinical after clinical now, that we really can regrow blood vessels And if you think about what 40 or 50 percent more blood flow in this part of the body, in the bedroom would do, it's a breath of fresh air for so many couples out there. And if you're wondering about effectiveness, uh, there's more and more studies coming out all the time, and you guys have kind of compiled them there for easy uh, perusal. We have. The science page at WasatchMedicalClinic.com probably has a month's worth of reading material on there. Cambridge, the American Urological Association therapeutic advances in urology. Uh, when we first started doing this treatment several years ago, there there wasn't much, five or six clinical studies. There's now 40, I think, on the website. So it isn't just us saying this works. This is a breakthrough for ED. So much of the science agrees now. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. 801-901-8000. Get on that uh, schedule and get in and see the doc for free and some other stuff, right? Yes. Put a stop to your erectile dysfunction, guys. We're giving away a lot for free today. Call us now. The assessment is free, the exam. And it's important to remember that 
that may be as far as you take it. You stop with that, question the medical doctor, and maybe the treatments aren't for you, but you can come in and get analyzed. We'll give you a little free gift uh, that produces instant results in the bedroom. You'll really enjoy that either way. It's all free. Give us a call now. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thanks so much, guys. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. It's The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Dylan Cauley, the former BYU wide receiver. I just think it's going to be hard to keep this team out of a New Year's Day because they're going to have such momentum, and they're going to be a fresh story, and people want to see fresh stories. I 100% agree. There's nothing I hope for more. That's really the only reason why I want to see another game added. It's not necessarily for the ranking aspect of it. It's purely for the football aspect of it. 100% deserving of a New Year's Six and even the conversation of a playoff. I just want them to play as many football games as possible so that there isn't this big lull in between November, December, and January, strictly for preparation. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, let's jump out of the zone phone. Joining us now, the one and only Ryan from The Dish Professionals. He's uh, hooking you up, of course, with the best TV in town, saving you money, uh, but also doing a really cool drawing for The Zone listeners right now. What's going on, Ryan? Yeah, we're down to the last couple of days, and we're going to do this drawing again. Another $1,000 in cash. Guys, listen, if you want to be like Spence Hiller in uh, West Bountiful and have $1,000 in cash, he has got the Hopper 3. Super stoked about it. Uh, loves the system, but you know, I'm sure he's super happy he got a bunch of money. Because here's the opportunity. You got this great promotion with Dish. We guarantee, flat out, no matter what, hands down, always the very best price. So as a premier retailer for Dish, I mean, we're essentially the showroom or the uh, storefront for Dish. So we have access to every promotion, every offer out there. So the stuff that we're offering is always going to be the best price. So when you call us up, just uh, tell us, you know, hey, I got this. I have this many TVs. These are the channels that are important to us. And uh, you'll be mildly surprised. You might be, like, uh, ecstatic to find out you're going to spend a lot less money Here's the deal. The promotion is two years. So credits for two years, um, you get uh, a guarantee on the price. This is really a big deal. So the price is guaranteed not to change for the full two years. Now, I don't care what provider you have. Your bill is going to go up in the next few months. It just It's just a matter of that's the way it goes. And it's not really necessarily your provider is doing it. It's just because all the channels raise their prices, and so the provider has to raise the prices. So your price is going to go up. But if you sign up a dish, your price will not go up. will not go up in 2021, and it will not go up until the end of 2022, two years from now. So this is a great opportunity because if you save like 60 bucks or $70, $80 a month now, it's going to be $10, $15, $20 more as you get further into the contract. So call us up today. Best system out there. You'll love the hopper. It's so much better than any other receiver out there. Voice remote, remote locators, easy to use. Just say what you want. It's on. We've got all the college channels. We have uh, the NFL, NFL Red Zone. We can get you set up with all that. Just call us. 424-DISH. It's 801-424-DISH. Thanks, Ryan. 801-424-DISH. 801-424-DISH. That's Ryan from the Dish Professionals. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280. The Zone is time for a Uinta Golf Masters update with our buddy Bob Casper. It's brought to you by Mountain Land Supply, Zions Bank, Hoops Vision, Siegfried and Jensen, and Get Some Guns and Ammo. Joining us now from Real Golf Radio every single Saturday morning here on the Zone Sports Network. He's our guy, Bob Casper. Bob, I owe you a hearty thank you to both you and BT. That uh, Masters uh, cuisine was Incredible. Taste of the Masters, baby. Oh, you liked it? Delicious. I had uh, had a bit of the egg salad, had some of the potato chips, 
the caramel popcorn. I mean, it was it was just great. We can't thank you. Oh, yeah. Good, good. Hey, Make sure you get that barbecue pork, too. That's what I had, and it was salivating to well, say. To say. <laughs> Bob, 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 you or BT have my home address, right? Uh, <laughs> well, your, your cups and anything that's left over, Gordon, it's at the station. Uh, I was informed as these guys were gleefully talking about how tasty everything was that uh, uh-huh. it was all gone. It was all gone. They ate it all. Oh, my goodness. I'm hurting, I'm sorry. my friend. I'm hurting. I'm hurting. And uh, <laughs> and I'm hungry, too. <laughs> but they certainly appreciated it. That's for sure. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. You bet. That was a unique opportunity for us. You know, this year, um, Augusta National, since they didn't have any patrons, what they did is they opened up an online uh, pro shop for um, any of the patrons, uh, the media, that kind of thing, to be able to go on. That's the only; Those are the only people who can get on there, or people who, who have the actual tickets in their name every year, and then also the media. So that thing popped up right from the get-go, the first thing, and Brian goes, you know what? We're going to buy this and take it up to the station and let everybody try it because we're always talking about it when we do our updates. So that's what we did. Wow, wow that was nice. So, Bob, yep. on the course today, Tiger uh-huh. Woods shoots four under, shoots a 68, but uh, did not have a bogey in the round for the first time, I believe, since 2008. He's he's on fire. Yeah, I think in the Masters he's never had, he's never had an opening round 68 with, a, with no bogeys. Um, he's only shot 68 one other time in an opening round in the Masters. Um, but it's been 106 rounds since um, since he hasn't had a bogey in a major championship. And so he played really, really well today. It looked like he was very comfortable. He was driving the ball straight um, and, uh, and just hit a lot of great shots and was able to shoot a four under par. And he missed a couple of birdie putts. That that were very makeable ones that you know in that in that ten to twelve to fifteen foot range, and it could have been really special had he made those. Now Bob Bryson DeChambeau, he got a little greedy today, didn't he? Yeah, he started off he started off rough. Um, you know, he, he ended up making par at eleven. Well, he missed about a four footer for birdie on ten. Then he ended up making par at eleven. Was very fortunate because he snap hooked it and got it way out in the trees. But somehow it came back into the pine straw and, and was able to make par. But, uh, but then 13, he tried to, uh, tried to do more than, than what he should have and ended up making a double bogey. But, he, you know, he turned the round around and, and got back into um, under par figures and finished at two under par for the day. How did our guy Tony Finau do today, Bob? Um, I, I think Tony finished at two under par. Um, you know, he started, no, three under par. He started off really rough. He bogeyed. He bogeyed um, a, a couple of – he parred 10, then he bogeyed 11 and 12. But then he, tur- he turned it around and came back and, and was able to get back in the clubhouse at three under par. So um, even though he started with, uh, you know, with a couple of bogeys, it was great to see him uh, come back, find what he needed to do to get back in, into, into um, under par figures. And, and three under par is, is a great start anytime in a Masters. What do you know about Paul Casey, and is he capable of holding on to his lead? You know, Paul Casey's only won a couple times on the PGA Tour, um, and he won last year. Uh, I think it was the Valspar. Um, but uh, he's he's a he's a really good player. He's played a lot, really well, recently, and um, he's played on Ryder Cup teams. So he's not he's not a guy that's. Um, that doesn't understand the pressures of playing like major championships and and being in the in the spotlight and under the fire of like a Ryder Cup or something like that. He understands it and he played a great round of golf today. Shot seven under sixty five. Bob, we were reliving earlier Bubba Watson's amazing shot. Uh, what was that four or five years ago uh, when he won the Masters? It, it was longer than that. <laughs> was it really? I mean, that was yeah. an incredible, was, incredible shot. And it that, was like, yeah, it was like 2012 or something like was that. Was it really? Well, yeah. anyway, at at that point, uh, and for a while there, we considered Bubba uh, amongst kind of the upper echelon of, of golfers. Today, he was he's let's see, plus two so far. And yeah. uh, it, it seems like what happened to his game? Did he just get older? Or what's what's the deal? 
You know, it, it just – guys go through ebbs and flows, kind of like Jordan Spieth. You know, Jordan Spieth started out well today, and he ended up shooting two over par. Um, but they go through ebbs and flows with their games. They, they, get, they get flat or they go through a slump, that kind of thing. Um, Bubba still plays great golf, still has, you know, opportunities to, to win and that kind of thing. We just haven't heard his name for a while. And, uh, you know, he'll, he'll get it back. Bob, a guy uh, who is tied with Tony Finau right now, I need to know from you whether jazz fans here in Utah should root for a fellow <laughs> by the name of Jazz John. How do you say his last name? I have no idea. <laughs> I know who you're talking about because we were standing in the studio this morning. I saw him. I saw him up on the board, and I said, "Hey, the Jazz might win this week at the Masters." So, um, yeah, I know he's. I, I think he's from the Philippines, um, and uh, and he's a good player, or else he wouldn't be, you know, in the event this week. There's only what ninety something players that are playing this week at the Masters, and uh, so yeah, <laughs> maybe the Jazz will win this week. You know, Jake, this guy's last name, his first name is Jazz, J-A-Z-Z. His last name is J-A-N-E-W-A-T-T-A-N-A-N-O-N-D. How would you say that? I have no clue. I'm not even going to try. All right. I just wonder, Justin Justin Thomas is up there threatening. Uh, He's a dangerous guy, isn't he? Yeah, Justin Thomas, he was one of the guys that we thought was going to be a one of the picks for this week. He's played a lot of great golf, and um, he, you know he's still a youngster, but he's he's uh, he's really playing well. And um, yeah, I think I think he's he's a guy that you got to look at for for this week. The guys that the interesting thing is all the morning tee times, all those guys got done. All the afternoon tee times, at, at, they at least got through about nine holes. So what's going to have to happen tomorrow morning is these guys are going to go out early in the morning. Um, I think they're going to start at like 7 or 7.30. They're going to finish up their first round. Then they will turn around and re-tee off and play again to, to finish their second round. And then the guys like Tiger and Tony and those guys that played early today They'll tee off in the afternoon, probably play about uh, about you know nine holes or so, and then they'll have to finish on Saturday morning early to uh, to finish up their second round. Then they'll make the cut, and then the third round will start. And um, because you've cut down to fifty in ties, um, those guys should be able to finish their rounds on Saturday. So now we'll be back up to snuff after after three days. And then Sunday will be the final round. Is that do golfers at this level get fatigued when they have to play that many holes, or is that is that beneath them? Well, uh, you know, uh, it, it depends on the situation. It depends on how bad the weather is, that kind of thing. But for the most part, these guys aren't. These guys are used to playing thirty six holes under competition. They don't do. They don't have to do it that often. But um, but sometimes they have to. Sometimes they'll have to play thirty six holes on a Sunday or in a final round or during the week to try to catch up so that they can finish on Sunday and not have to go into Monday. So most major championships, they don't go into Monday unless there's some extreme situations, but it looks like they at, at Augusta this week, they've missed the majority of the weather, which was today. And then, and the rest of the week is still supposed to be pretty good. So um, yeah, they'll, you know, They'll play 27 holes a day for the for the first two days. They'll be back on track on Saturday, and, and off they'll go for Sunday. I, I've got one more question, Jake, from uh-huh. Bob. It is this. Give us one reason we should root for Patrick Reed. Um, you know, Patrick Reed is a, is a former Masters champion. He's a guy that's not really, really um, buddies with all the guys out there on tour. He's... Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he. The interesting thing is, is that no matter where he goes, it seems like um, whether it's his his caddy, which is his brother-in-law or his wife or even him, they kind of stir the pot a little bit. So nobody really technically likes him, 
and he doesn't play a lot of practice rounds with a lot of the guys like, you know, Justin Thomas or Jordan Spieth or Tiger or anything like that. I, you know, Tiger's, Tiger's pretty civil with him and talks to him quite a bit and, and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, he, he's estranged from his parents. Um, he kind of cut them off. Um, when he won the Masters a few years ago, um, he, he basically didn't give his parents any badges, and they got in for the final round because somebody gave him some badges to get in and watch him in the final round. Um, so he, he's just a real different kind of guy, but he's a great player. He played well today. And um, and he's a former Masters champion. Bob, we can't thank you enough for jumping on with us. Thanks again for the food, too. We appreciate it, buddy. All right, guys. You take care. There you go. That's our friend Bob Casper from Real Golf Radio. Catch it uh, every Saturday morning uh, uh, right here on the Zone Radio Network. Not Sports Report next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Stay tuned. Top of the 5 o'clock hour, Wayne Cook is going to join the show. UCLA sideline reporter, also a former quarterback. Always look forward to talking to him during the Pac-12 college football season. Right now, it's time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going all over the place. Let's go to Italy first. And uh, I- I'm a sucker for this kind of story because uh, there is a story out of Italy that an elderly, I guess he's 81 years old, a man who had been married to his wife, has been married to his wife for 47 years, well, she was uh, infected with COVID, and she was in the hospital, and he was not allowed to go see her. And so he's, she, she went to the window, and he serenaded her with an accordion, uh, singing her favorite love song, Spanish Eyes, I think it's called. And so he's outside the hospital room down below, just playing, playing the song. Man, I'll tell you, that's heart-wrenching for people who who can't see their loved ones during this this uh, this this bad bad time. Anyway, I really like that one. And then there's this story from Egypt, <laughs> uh, Jake, an Egyptian fisherman uh, was out fishing, and he caught a fish, and he was trying to catch a second fish. And so he put the first fish in his mouth, kind of just to hold it in place. And somehow the fish got loose and swam down his windpipe. Must not have been a big fish, huh? And blocked his ability to breathe. And so they had to take him to a a hospital and uh, have, uh, he had to undergo surgery so when when I thought of this, I thought of all those people who have, you know, done the goldfish swallowing thing. Uh-huh. That that probably is not a great idea. This fish was pretty good. I mean, it was it was much bigger than, than a goldfish, but I guess able to uh, get down get down the man's throat, and it became quite quite uh, scary there for a minute. And then finally, there's this one. We talked about Veterans Day. Uh, and how we wanted to honor veterans. Did you see this story that a 96-year-old World War II veteran, he marked Veterans Day with a parachute jump uh, with an all-veteran parachute team? (laughs) 96 years old, 96 years young, and doing that. And then one last thing. Jake, it's 2020. Tomorrow... In 2020 is Friday the 13th. Who knows what that might bring? Again, we've already had one this year. <laughs> we got another one. Ugh. Well, I'm not superstitious, so I'm not too worried about it. My dad was born on Friday the 13th. You're not superstitious, but you're a little stitious? Exactly. Okay. Uh-huh. Nice. 
How about that? That's from the office. All right, let's jump out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he is Andrew Reinhardt. And uh, uh, unlike superstitions, a lot of guys out there are dealing with ED, which is quite real, Andrew, and uh, you're here to help. We are here to help. We have heard from so many guys about the success of our treatments. And kind of interesting is hearing from their significant others. We can't forget, of course, that erectile dysfunction affects two people. And it has a negative, I guess it's a mental and emotional impact on the man, of course. But also it it does affect the significant other. So a lot of spouses call us every day. They come in with their man. Um, This is a real problem. Nobody wants to take the pill. Nobody wants to deal with the side effects. That is a Band-Aid, best-case scenario. Our treatments are clinically shown to open up and regrow blood vessels. It's called acoustic wave therapy. FDA-registered device. They only registered one device, by the way. That's the one we use. Uh, We use it in the most advanced form to get real and, and new blood vessels. That's what this is all about. We've seen guys that are young that just want to top off their drink, so to speak, increase frequency in the bedroom. And we've seen guys that are severe and looking to get back to normal function and get that spontaneity back into the relationship. Yeah, you hit that word spontaneity. I bet that's a big deal to a lot of guys uh, where you don't have all the, you know, to take the peel however time before or a shot, heaven forbid, you know? Yes, playing the game of trying to pre-plan, skip meals, uh, take more of the pill, that is going to get old, and it's going to eventually stop working. Uh, this is really going after the root cause problem of ED. I've seen x-rays of these, all, you know, these, these blood vessels are tiny, even in the best of circumstances. And as we age, they get tinier and they get blocked. And we've seen that this can regrow things and get the blood flow going where you want it, when you want it, when the timing's right. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. 801-901-8000. Get on that schedule. Go see the doc for free and uh, some other cool stuff too, right? Call us now. Yes. Put a stop to the erectile dysfunction. The initial screening with our doctor will be free. Uh, this is a no-obligation deal. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound for free. Um, and we'll also throw in a little special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. Guys love that. And lastly, new patients even get free testosterone with us now. Give us a call now. It will be no charge. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Jake. All right, stay tuned. We're talking to Wayne Cook, talking a little UCLA football coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.